the effects of trauma can often be worse than the trauma uh, itself. Can you share a little bit about that in your experience with therapy and working with people? Well, I think it, it just starts us on this path of, of, of survival, mm. which asks us to pretend, mm. right? Which asks us to be okay when we're not okay, which asks us to not feel when we're really feeling, mm. to ask us to react to all kinds of things rather than respond. It just, it, it demands that we separate from ourselves in order to survive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Permission to Love, a podcast where we're building a community on learning to give ourselves permission to love ourselves. I'm your host, Jerry Henderson, and I'm super, super excited about the guests that we have today. Lisa has been my therapist, gosh, since 2020, and many of you have heard me talk about her and the impact that she's had in my life, and I cannot uh, overstate how important therapy has been in my life and just how much I recommend it to other people. And so I'm really honored and super excited once again to have Lisa here with us today. So Lisa, welcome to Permission to Love. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here too, and mostly happy that you and I crossed paths, Sherry. I'm super happy that we crossed paths because I would not be the person I am today uh, without the work that you do and the approach that you take. You know, I did uh, therapy for, gosh, I gave it a swing <laughs> many times in my life. I never found somebody who approached therapy the way that you do. For me, at least, I feel like you have a very unique approach to therapy. And so, if you wouldn't mind, I've got some questions for you today, and I know the listeners are really excited, or the, and the viewers are really excited about you know having you on this show, because I've mentioned before that you're going to be coming on this show, and this is long overdue. Uh, but if you don't mind... Well, you're, I, you've been hard to track down. Yeah, I haven't I? Yeah, we keep talking about it. We're like, okay, we need to get this done, and uh, then all of a sudden I'm in some other country or... Because I don't go anywhere. I'm just here. That's right. You're just hanging out there. You're like, I'm ready. I'm available. Yeah, you, you, can, you can find a person in a wheelchair real easy. <laughs> that's true. But me, I can be elusive. And I think some of that's a strategy. And so, I do too. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't want to talk about my stuff right now, Lisa. We'll connect okay. later. No, I mean, no, that's my thinking whenever sometimes I get into avoidance. And so... And I do want to talk about my stuff on this podcast. That's one of the whole reasons why we're doing this podcast is to talk yeah. about uh, you, the work that you do. So for those of you who are uh, engaged or, or listening and watching this podcast, uh, we're going to go through a series of these uh, with Lisa, and we're really going to talk about her work, uh, her story, uh, why she does it, the way that she does the work that she does, and then uh, my journey with her. And so hopefully, uh, as you're listening to this, you'll get a lot of uh, value out of it. And we'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts. And so we'll give you some information at the end of these episodes. Uh, so stay tuned on how to connect with us and maybe ask some questions or get some clarity about the things that we discuss. So Lisa, tell me and tell those who uh, are engaging with this episode, what got you started in the journey of being a therapist? Well, I'm one of those people that knew what I wanted to do when I was about seven years old. Wow. And I would spend time having my mom read me Dear Abby around the breakfast table. And I would try and, you know, come up with answers to solve people's problems, which of course is not the goal of therapy because if you're solving people's problems, you're not doing it right. 
Yeah. yeah. I, as you know, I've said before, like my life is enough. I don't need to solve anybody else's life. I just want to provide the opportunity to help them solve their own life. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I've known I wanted to do it since I was like seven years old and I hated school. And I tried to um, become a therapist without going to school. And I actually got pretty darn close because I worked in a psych hospital and I ran ran some groups and mostly they used me to 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 bring on doctors, psychiatrists, but they let me, you know, they let me kind of play around with it as much as I could. But eventually I just, you know, kept hitting a ceiling. And finally I had to realize that in this country to do what you want to do, you go to school. And the ironic thing is I loved going to school. Once I got to talk Mm. about what I would like to talk about. And once I got to learn about what I like to learn about school was a blast. Well, at least if you're comfortable with it, you know, many of the listeners, the majority of the listeners to this podcast are uh, folks that have experienced trauma, have dealt with shame uh, or addictions and are really on this healing path. And uh, they know my story, you know, you know, as a little kid and you know my story and as a little kid, the trauma that I experienced and what that did to me and the shame and uh, all the you know coping mechanisms that I uh, figured out how to um, get into my life in order to survive. But you're also a trauma survivor. Would you be comfortable telling a little bit about your story uh, so that the listeners can connect with you uh, also as a part of your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think my trauma started, uh, I don't even, young. My dad was a pretty raging alcoholic, and um, there was a lot of violence at home. He hated himself. And, um, that just showed up in the, showed up in my family. And it was odd because we, we looked like the kind of the literally white picket fence, Cape Cod house at the beach, you know, dog, cat, mom, dad, kid of each gender, but all hell was kind of breaking loose inside. And, um, yeah, that was the beginning of my nervous system being scared all the time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was tragic. It was hard. It was scary. Um, I wish my dad had been able to save himself and Mm. he eventually died of alcoholism when I was 19. Yeah. Um, But it was a, it was a long road and it messed me up pretty good. Yeah. In lots of ways that I had no idea until I entered therapy. Like, you know, yeah. I remember my therapist saying to me, well, you're really angry. And I was like, who, me? Angry? I couldn't be angry. I'm such a lovely, nice person. And next thing I knew, you know, I was like the Tasmanian devil, mm. furious. Yeah. And just, yeah, just so many, um, so many tentacles come from trauma in terms of mm. just kind of how you move through the world and how you see yourself and the relationships that you get into and the ways that you defend yourself. I mean, it just, it's almost worse than the trauma itself is just how it Mm. kind of manifests over the years. Yeah. And it took me a long time to be able to get back and find myself again. And without therapy, I, I couldn't have done that. I don't think, which is the joy of being a therapist is helping somebody move back to who they are. I love that, you know, the move back to who you are. 
And that was a lot of the experience that I've had in working with you. And you would talk about that, right, of kind of pulling off those layers and the onion, you know, pulling the layers. And every time you pull off a layer, there's another one. But really, a lot of that goal is yeah, coming back to who we are. And that book that I'm working on that I sent you a little bit of a, a piece of around returning is the title, right? And it is the idea of how are we returning to ourselves, to our authentic selves, uh, but then also like returning uh, back to a sense of who we are and without all of the layers and the stories. And you've helped me so much with the concept of stories. And uh, But I love that. And I also love what you said. Uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, that the, the effects of trauma can often be worse than the trauma uh, itself. Can you share a little bit about that in your experience with therapy and working with people? Well, I think it, it just starts us on this path of, of, of survival, mm. which asks us to pretend, mm. right? Which asks us to be okay when we're not okay, which mm. asks us to not feel when we're really feeling, mm. to ask us to react to all kinds of things rather than respond. It just... It, it demands that we separate from ourselves in order to survive. And wow, the further away we get from ourselves, the longer it takes us to get to get back. And some of us don't get back to ourselves. But um, and just everything starts to seem so scary. The whole world we seem scary. Other people seem scary. Life seems scary. Yeah. You know, it just it just throws everything off. Yeah. Wow. And so there's a little, you know, thought that I had on how this episode was going to go, but we're just going to run with how this thing's unfolding. Um, one of the things that you said that struck me was kind of this aha is that it, it asks us to separate or requires us to separate from ourselves. You know, one of the things that I like to write about and talk about is that trauma, like fragments our relationship with ourselves or it breaks this relationship that we have and the relationship we have is with ourselves is the most re important relationship that we have. It's the one that's determining everything that's happening in our lives. And, uh, the thought that we get separated from our own love, we get separated from who we are. Can you just talk a little bit more about that, that separation, like why it requires us to separate us ourselves from who we are? Well, I think it requires it because it's just too painful to be mm -hmm. who we are. Yeah. And because trauma is often, especially if it starts as a child, right, you naturally, as a kid, you're super self-absorbed. I mean, the world revolves around you, as it should. Yeah. And you don't have a sense of anything bigger than that. So when trauma happens, you naturally begin to believe that whatever's happening is it's your fault. Right? I mean, you're not going to think... Well, my dad's a raging alcoholic because of A, B, C, and D that happened to him. You think my dad's a raging alcoholic because somehow I suck. And so it's become so painful to be you and, you know, that you, you disconnect from that, however you do that, right? Whether you do that with a number of different ways, yeah, alcohol, drugs, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. But yeah. mostly you just don't want to, you just don't want to be you because that's where shame begins, right? That you, 
are helpless and you're powerless and there's something desperately wrong with you because all this stuff's happening around you and you can't seem to fix it, get it right. Or why didn't you live in a family that didn't have this stuff going on? And also, right, if you're me, I mean, I'm pretty sure with you too, but I had to pretend so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, the trauma asked me to be separate from myself because I just had to pretend I had to go to school and, yeah. you know, act like my dad didn't try to burn the house down the night before. Yeah, right. Everything was okay, right? Yeah. And then if you're living with people who are responding to trauma the same way, they're separating from their self. And so everybody's walking around lying. Does that make any sense? It does. And I think for me, at least you articulated, you know, we talked about trauma and the effects of trauma being, you know, more painful than the trauma itself. And you just articulated for me, what was the most painful part of my trauma, which I wasn't even aware. And we'll talk about this in, in the coming episodes. I wasn't even aware the level of trauma that I experienced or that that's what I was carrying the resulting shame. I just knew, like you said, Something's wrong with me. I don't know what it is. And maybe all this stuff that I do can help me feel normal again and can make me not feel like a piece of crap or help me tolerate my own presence. But the way you articulated that as it is this, uh, the, the most painful part of that separation from oneself. Uh, because as, as we've talked and as a part of my healing journey of understanding that I am uh, going to be my own primary healer, right? Yeah. And you gave me such a great book. The book, You're the One That You've Been Looking For uh, by Dr. Schwartz and in Internal Family Systems. It was so helpful because it uh, helped me see that the healer is within, but the challenge is trauma has separated you from the healer, right? And so even in therapy, one of the gifts you've given me is to look within, to continue to go back. Because how many times have I asked you, Lisa, I just need an answer. <laughs> Can you just tell me what to do? And you've said no, uh, and not that harshly. It wasn't like a no, but it was, uh, well, what do you think? How does that make you feel? Could you become curious about such and such and so and so? And what that did was it helped me learn to trust myself because not only does trauma seem to separate us from us, and we are the healer, so we're separated from the source of our healing, which is, in my opinion, our own love, and that loving ability to be gentle and kind with ourselves, but also to really trust ourselves and know uh, that we can trust that intuition and in who we are on the inside. And so in the sense that we've talked about that trauma separates us from us, because it's too painful to be us and to feel like there's something wrong with us. And so that separation from who we are is in some way preventing us from healing. How do we reconnect with the source of healing, which is us ultimately, if trauma has separated us from it? I'm always baffled with the how-to, right? Because mm -hmm. in my mind it goes, Oh, A, B, C, D, this is what you do, ah, yeah. which of course is, it's much more complicated than that. Yeah. But it certainly is about, um, it certainly is about getting in touch with this very small you, mm. with the childlike part of you, yeah. the, that the part of you that existed before all this crap happened, right? And separated you. So it's about getting in touch with just that, that little kid. Yeah. Um, and starting to see the 
the innocence in that and taking care of that kid in the way that you should have been taken care of, right? Mm, yeah. Which would have been the opposite of trauma, which would have been yeah. parents or a family who helped you feel safe and explore yourself and allow you to make mistakes and um, play and think that the world is a safe, safe place. And with trauma, you instantly get the message that the world is not a safe place and you are not safe. Mm. Did that mm. answer the question? It did. Yeah, because if I don't feel that the world's a safe place, and I don't even feel like I'm a safe place, well, I'm going to be the last person that I'm... I mean, you have this compounding effect, right? I don't feel like I'm a safe place. I feel like there's something wrong with me. So the last place I'm going to look for answers or for healing is within myself. But yet it feels like a lot of therapy is about pointing one to themselves again, right? So even when we would have conversations, it was... Not you weren't going to fix my problems. And like you said earlier, that's you've, we've all got our own. We've got enough of them. And so we're not about wanting to fix other people's problems, but about pointing a person to uh, look within, to really uh, figure out how do they uh, begin to put things in practice. Because I still had to go away and do the work, right? So we could talk about being gentle and kind, but I still had to go away and do that work. Uh, but there's just a real struggle for folks, I think, in how do I trust myself? How do I connect with myself? How do I begin to feel safe with myself to do that work when I feel like there's something wrong with me, when I feel like I'm not somebody who can be trusted or to, to feel safe? Uh, but I love your answer. It's not a list of one, two, threes. Um, I'm sure it's very intuitive, which is a lot of what I love about your methodology, this intuitive mindfulness uh, that uh, really, you know, connected with uh, who I was, where I was at on my journey. I mean, that's what happens, right, is is unfortunately we run out of options mm. and then we're redirected back to ourselves. It would be yeah. really great if we could direct ourselves before we you know, went over here and got in addiction and got in yeah. all these screwed up relationships and spent yeah. too much money and ate too much chocolate cake and, you know, hated yeah. ourselves and then hated ourselves. Yeah. It would be great if we could do it. But for most of us, because we live in a culture that teaches us that being okay is external and not internal, right? We, you know, we do all this stuff and then it doesn't work and then we're still left, left with us. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's when people are like, all right, I surrender. I'll go back to me because a therapist might say, you know, like, well, have you ever thought about about you being your savior right. and not your partner and not your lover and not your body and not your, you know, anything else? How, have you ever thought about the fact that you might be able to heal you? And that's like a novel concept to people because we don't live in a world that teaches us that you grow up in, you know, trauma or alcohol, everybody's blaming everybody else for everything. You know, if only you did this, I wouldn't do that. And so we never, it never occurs to us. Yeah, it doesn't occur to us, especially as trauma survivors. And one of the beautiful things that, you know, I want to encourage uh, as the listeners are um, engaging with this is that, you know, we're not uh, just having a conversation around two people who are talking about this in theory, uh, but yet who have experienced, uh, you know, trauma and have gone through this journey, and especially you, Lisa, of so many years of going through the journey of healing. And so it's not just this uh, 
theory for you. It's something that you've lived. And as people are listening to this, a lot of times they'll, um, you know, default like I always did. Well, yeah, that's great for them or that's great that they figured that out, but I'll never be able to figure that out. I'm uniquely broken. I'm different. Uh, and that's that voice of shame and trauma. Uh, but there is such a, a beautiful truth to the fact that we are our own healers. And the deviousness of trauma and shame to separate us from that and to convince us that there's something so wrong with you that, no, you would never begin to look towards yourself. I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote, and you may know who said it, that if you wanted to hide God, you would uh, put him inside of humans because they'll look everywhere else for God. Uh, and so I think it's the same thing. If you wanted to hide your healer, you'd put him inside of a person who had experienced trauma and shame because they'll look everywhere else because they feel like they're fundamentally broken and flawed and can't access that part. So, you know, that's that's the thing, right, is that if you can't trust yourself and you don't have people who help you learn how to trust yourself mm. and you have a culture that tells you everything outside of you should be making ha happy. I yeah. mean, it takes a long time for us to actually even go, huh, I wonder if I could trust myself. Yeah. I wonder what life would be like if I could trust myself. And, and as you know, it's a long process of trusting yourself because the good news is if you trust yourself, you get to make choices about you. Yeah. The bad news is you can't blame anybody. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, I can no it's longer. All you. Yeah, I can no longer push away my responsibility, which taking responsibility in itself is some scariness to it, right? Uh, especially once again, you get trapped in the loop, which is well, I don't trust myself, so I don't want to take responsibility. But if I decide to take responsibility, oh, that means that I can't blame anybody else, but. Uh, I've been used to maybe blaming other people or events or circumstances in life, which has been, a, you know, something that has served me really well, right? I, I mean, I, we've talked a lot about this and we can talk some more later, but the thing that one of the things that blew my mind in, in, uh, in our journey together was the concept that everything I'm doing is trying to serve me somehow. Like even the addiction, it's trying to keep me alive. It's trying to make sense of what happened and how life works. And a lot of times those are made in like little micro decisions or made even subconsciously as a young person. And, you know, but as we, you know, think about everything that we're trying to do, uh, everything we're doing is trying to serve us. What that did for me is it removed a lot of shame. Because it took it away from, oh, there's just something wrong with you. That's why you were drinking yourself to death. And you just didn't know how to handle things. You didn't know how to handle life. No, drinking was serving me. Um, and so I want to transition just a little bit to when we first connected. Um, and one of the things that was really um, profound for me, like as I've said, it was the approach that you took. I was expecting something very different. But, you know, as we connected... You know, I is doing what you had been talking about, looking everywhere else, you know, to try to fix Jerry Henderson uh, and didn't know I was trying to fix little Jerry. And we'll talk about that because it's one of the key things that you helped me with is little Jerry. Um, but this concept 
that I was looking everywhere, right? I uh, went into ministry, became a pastor, thinking that, wow, if I just did you know, good and served God, maybe God would take my shame away. And it's funny, I have a joke that I tell people, I think I enjoyed Christianity for about six months, and then they told me everything I needed to do to be a good Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap, oh, I can't do that. And then me not being able to do that produced more shame. And so, and then I created a God in the image of shame who was always angry at me. And so that didn't solve my problems. And then, uh, you know, relationships and then that didn't solve my problems and drinking and that didn't solve my problems, uh, to the point where I was drinking myself to death and two stents in rehab within a one year period. But that last time when I came out of peaks recovery, uh, I got, I, I made a commitment to the folks there that I'm going to do therapy every single week for like the rest of my life. And so when we first got together, I was panicked. I was scared. I was like, Oh my God, if I don't figure this out, I'm going to die. I'm going to destroy my life. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose every, I already lost every relationship uh, pretty much other than my daughters. And even those were pretty rocky at that point. Right. Yeah. I really felt like, this is my last ditch effort. And so I came to you with some pretty uh, overwhelming sense of desperation. Describe to me or, or you know, maybe unpack a little bit about what you were experiencing or you know, how I showed up on that first phone call and maybe what some of your thoughts were around that. Well, that's all the time that we have for today's episode, but we're going to continue this conversation next week. And I want to say a special thank you to Lisa for making her time to be a part of these episodes. Now, if you're interested in working with Lisa, she does therapy as well as coaching, and you can find out more information about how to work with her by seeing the show notes in this episode. And just a reminder, if you've not had a chance yet to follow, to subscribe, or to turn on those notifications, please do so because that's going to let you know when the new episodes come out. And finally, as always, remember that you are worthy of your own love.